Hello, beloved audience, and welcome back finally to another episode of From the Shelf. I'm so sorry we've been gone for so long. We've had a lot happen in the past, what, month? Yeah. Uh, So, but we're back now, and like we promised, we're going to be reviewing The Phantom of the Opera, the 2004 movie. I'm going to say just the show in general. Well, you had me watch the movie, so we have well, to could've... talk about the movie. I mean, we're going to talk about the movie. We're also just going to talk about our love for the show. Well, obviously, but that's not what we're here for. Oh, for God's sakes. You're... That's just arguing semantics at this point. That's not true. <laughs> it is in my head. Mm, well, they're not the same thing. No, they're, they're really not. Ah, uh, excuse me. Alrighty, so uh, it's allergy season. So if you hear a little sniffling, I'm so sorry. Uh, um, I, pop, I pop Zyrtec before we got started on this. I have no allergy meds because I don't usually have allergies. But you always way. should have allergy medicine. Take that away from this episode, audience. You always <laughs> have allergy medicine in your cabinet. Uh, that's true. You never you know should. when you're going to need it. Yeah. All right, so let's jump right into our cast talk. We have Gerard Butler as the Phantom, and I just and I just want to clarify: we have no chandeliers hanging above our respective workspaces, do we? Mm-hmm. Double checking. I should be good. <laughs> oh, thank God for that! Cause I'm good. I mean, I got a ceiling fan, uh, so. You better watch out then. Yeah, yeah clearly. We, I, hope, I haven't gotten any notes, so I think I'm safe. I'd say I haven't gotten any notes yet, but, you know, that... You never know. Anyway. Never know. <laughs> so, we have Gerard Butler as the Phantom. Uh, Emmy Rossum as Christine. Um, this is her Wilson. first movie, I think. No, it's not. Uh, it's her bi- first big role. I would say it's probably her first big role, but I don't think this is her first movie. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson as Raoul. What are you doing here, Patrick Wilson? You need to go back into the Insidious franchise. He's great in in this role. What are you talking about? Meh. He's all right. He's he's a good singer. His acting's good. I didn't say he wasn't a good singer. I just meh. 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 He's better than Steve Barton in the, in the original cast. Oh, God. That's a controversial statement, I know, which we will have controversial statements in this episode. <laughs> so be warned now. <laughs> uh, we have Miranda Richardson as Madame Giri. Interesting um, what they do with her character in this as opposed to the stage show. Both are inconsequential. What do you mean are inconsequential? They do nothing. Oh, I know, but what they do with her character and this as opposed to the show, we'll get into when we discuss the film. Indeed. Uh, we have Minnie Driver as Carlotta. She's doing pasta uh, face. Pasta face? She's not Italian, and she's doing a stereotypical Italian diva. She's doing pasta face. I feel triggered. Oh my god. As, as an Italian man, I feel triggered. Ugh. Simon Callow as Andre, who I love in that role, honestly. I love him. Who is he? He's Andre, one of the new theater. Um, oh, is he the one that's kind of like we were in scrap metal, we weren't in junk? Yes. 
Yeah, he's actually he's he's funny in that. Yeah. Uh Siran Hines, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I'm Mance sorry. Raider, the king beyond the wall. What are you doing here? <laughs> yes, he's in this as Fearman. Uh we have Jennifer Ellison as Meg Jerry. Um Oh yeah, I I just want to bring up my uncle wanted to mention after this she became like an underwear model of some kind. Oh. Okay. I don't know why my uncle specifically asked me to say that, but there you go, Petey. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we have James Fleet as Lefebvre. I think that was the original theater owner. Uh, I, I think believe. so. I believe so. Uh, we have Victor McGuire as Piangi. And... That's like really it for our quote unquote important players here. So, well, did you mention the the stagehand bouquet? He's not listed, I don't think. Um, Well, I can just tell who's played by. He's played by the guy who plays Mr. Gibbs in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he's not listed here. That's really strange. Lame. Justice for Gibbs. Justice. Alrighty. So let's get into it. So, of course, it opens up with the auction like it does in the stage production. Um, and then, of course, the, sh- the broken and... The broken and dusty chandelier is put up for auction. And what I do like about this is that once that starts, the sequence opens and the music starts playing, it kind of flashes back um, with the entire theater. Um, Rather than just the chandelier and like curtains rising in the stage show. Right, right. Yeah, I do like that also, but I'm just going to skip ahead. How do you feel about the constantly going back to old man Raul's perspective in the film? Um, it's not my favorite. Um, I don't understand either, but I get what they were doing. They have to pad it out because there's not an intermission here. Right. Because it's a film. But I feel like you could have done something else. The sound music had an intermission. Yeah, music used to have intermission, so I, I don't understand why this couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it... I guess, from the movie perspective, it does make sense, but also I'd rather it just play out and not have the uh, flash-forward scenes, I guess. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, they're not... You don't need them. You don't... I'd say you don't need them. You could have padded it out some other way, maybe. Yeah. Or just put the damn intermission in. I don't know. (laughs) Put the intermission in. Oh, Lord. So... We get to where our story is, where the theater um, is preparing for the opening of their opera, Hannibal, with Carlotta opening, of course, she's the soprano. Um, And we also get introduced to our main character, Christine Daae. She's a a ballet dancer. Um, And we also get introduced to Andre and Fairman, who are the new theater owners. And our new patron, uh, Raoul de Chani, he's a, what is he, a duke? He, he's definitely of the 
upper class. Yes, he's he's, he's something. A, he's the vicomte. He is. Which... Yes, he's the vicomte. Uh, this takes place in Paris. What happened? This takes place in Paris. Yes, at the Opera Popular, which is pretty much just the Paris Opera House. Yes. Um, so, Lefer is, he's the theater manager. He gives over the theater to Fearman and Andre, and of course, yeah, he's Ralph. The smartest. he's the smartest character in the film. He's like, I'm yeah, out of he's here. like, I'm getting the hell out of here. So, honestly, how long was he man- running this, this show? Um, they don't really say, but you have to assume it's for a long time because he knows about, like, the strange happenings of the Phantom. Yeah, and he honestly, I mean, yeah, uh, because Carlotta has an accident, of course, because Carlotta sucks. And Uh, she just keeps intending, hey, this shit just keeps happening, I'm done. Now, what happens later, I mean, the shit gets out of hand quickly after these idiots start running the show, so I'm like, so this guy just met all the demands and just kind of kept the Phantom at bay? I guess. I mean, they gave him whatever he wanted. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, so this guy was actually the, is the smartest character in the show. Yeah, he mm, he just like, said, I'm out. You want it? You got it. I just <laughs> like to think, like, they had one big He's like, all right, I'll pay you what you want. I'll do what you say. Yeah, I mean. No drama. Gotta, no beef. No beef. If you want to prevent accidents from happening. Uh, again, Hello. smartest guy in the smartest guy in the story. Yeah. So, um the the people, the performers try to tell the new owners about the strange happenings in the opera ghost. Um but they obviously don't believe her or any of them. Um hey, and- would you Um if everybody was telling me about it Maybe. I'd say um, maybe just to keep an eye out, but... Right, right. I don't know if I would necessarily believe that there was an opera ghost, but... I don't know, the proof is kind of there once Carlotta almost gets um, almost gets hurt. Yeah, he, like, drops the curtain on her, literally. Yeah. So, I mean... At some point, you gotta start believing, which they do, but not until later on. Yeah. Um, but they tell them that the opera ghost lives below the theater in the catacombs. Um, but of course, Carlotta storms off and they're thinking about canceling the show. Um, but Madame Jerry is ref- like, they have to refund a full house. Yes. <laughs> um, but Madame Jerry is like, Christine Daae can do it. She can sing. Yeah, um, in the play, Madame Jerry's just kind of like, you're my messenger, just, here's the letter, tell them what I need. Right, she kind of, from, she kind of takes over a little bit of Meg's role, because in the stage show, it's Meg who pushes her forward. And Meg is the one who's saying, Christine can do it. Yeah, um, this movie just kind of give, gives Meg the shaft a little bit. Oh, completely. It's, it's um, kind of like, what's, what's the point of your character? She, I feel bad for the actor because she's literally just in the background doing nothing. Yeah. Twi- twiddling her hair. Yeah, she really is. Um, 
so Christine start and sings for Andre and Fairman and Raoul. Um, uh, so now, now I'm just gonna get into it. Um, what do you think of Emmy Rossin? Because it's a bit, this is actually controversial in the terms of the fandom. So, as they themselves. So I, I'm pretty sure I saw Emmy Rossum first. Like she was my like I watched the movie I think before I watched the stage show. So at the time I was like, oh wow, like she's really good. I still think she's good, but compared to Broadway actresses like Sierra Boggess or Ali Ewalt, like she completely pales in comparison to them. I mean, yeah, she's a. She's seventeen. She was sixteen when they filmed this. Yeah, she's still relatively young. Which I'm. Which we'll get into the age difference in when we get to <laughs> Butler when we start talking about when the Fanta comes in. But anyway, she's sixty. I mean, she's been trained properly trained her whole life, but it still feels rather young and not fully developed. Right, and, which, and I mean, I, them- I guess that kind of works for the story. I guess so, but they never they never ever explicitly say how old Christine is, not here or in the stage show. Well, I I just read that she when you at the end when you see her gravestone, the ye- the year that she, she uh-huh. was born and the year she died, it says and when this took place, she is 16. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so she is 16 in the film. Yeah. We're in the okay. play. They don't really give you an age. And we'll play. get back to we'll get back to that <laughs> when when we talk about the fan when the Phantom shows up. Yeah, but yeah, I think she was my first Christine also because there was we'll get into when our when we talk about our histories with the show at the end. Mm-hmm. There's a period where I just I just jump jump full into Phantom, and then nothing else. Do I just had surgery? But anyway. Mm. Yeah, I think she's just underdeveloped. I mean, she's still really good, but Rossum plays her as this timid, quiet mouth mouse, as I want I want to say. She like yeah. whispers half her spoken lines. It's 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 a choice. I mean, it makes sense she would be just like this quiet mouth little dancer that's just all this shit is happening around. It's like, she has no idea what to make of this. Yeah. Like it makes sense. But also from the stage show, um, as the tension builds and builds and she's getting more and more fed up, she gets angrier. Yeah. I mean, going back to what you said about Sierra Boggess, Boggess plays that. She's freaking terrified. Uh huh. And then like she gets she had a off. breaking point. Oh yeah, yeah. By the end, she's, she's fed up with this crap. Uh-huh. And I've seen a bootleg of Crawford and Brightman on YouTube. It's kind of hard to get a read in how Brightman played it. So I can't I'm not gonna compare her to Sarah Brightman, the original actress. Right. Right. I don't know. I say I've never I haven't seen anything with have, Sarah I'm, Brightman. Yeah, so. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch it a couple of times to see if I can gauge how Brightman's played it, because I I really want to. I'm just glad uh-huh. I found it. Terrible quality because it means the eighties. But well, what yeah. are you gonna do? <laughs> um so after that um after her performance that was Think of Me, um she Christine goes into this, I guess, church area of the theater, um, 
where she's praying to her father's ghost and the angel of music, which is also the title of the song, who right. tutors her. All right. Now it's and finally, helps her to sing. Here's something I wanted to bring up for a while after we, in preparation for this episode, I went deep into learning about the show, the movie. Mm-hmm. And what I've gathered comparing this to the Broadway show, this clearly shows us that the Phantom groomed Christine. Whereas in the play, it's you really don't know when he started getting in her head and talking to her and teaching her. In this, it's clear she is still a young child when he started this shit. I don't I don't know, so I can't agree with you. Well, we we talked about it before on a couple Sundays, or last Sunday, I think. I went and rewatched the Angel Music scene, and it literally shows her, Madame Giri, taking her down to, like, this little chapel area. She's literally lighting a candle playing, and you see her head turn and look, like, as if that is the first time the Phantom is talking to her. And he's been singing to her, or talking to her in her, as she's sleeping in bed, because she lives at the Paris Opera House, so they it they made they really brought out that he's been messing with her and grooming her since she first got there as a kid. the The only argument I can make for that is that I don't think it intentionally started out as a romantic type of thing. Well, I mean, you could make that argument because they don't. But based on how he is with her now, it is. You can't. You can't help but think this right. man is a groomer and is right. a predator. Right. I do want to make a shout out. They, um, her father. The picture of her father is Ramin Karimlu, who is best who has phantom. played. Uh, yeah, he's one of the best phantoms ever. Oh, absolutely. He's coming back because I think they're doing a production in Italy. Um. I follow him on Instagram. I kind of saw something about that. I don't remember, though. Yeah, I don't know if it's um, set in stone. But... Right. He wasn't at the closing date, which kind of surprised me Yeah, a me bit. too. I was surprised. About it. And actually, fun Sierra fact, was there. Yeah, she was there. Uh, Brightman was there. A bunch of people. Him and Crawford didn't show up. That was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, interesting fact about Ramin, he's actually played all three of Christine's loves. He's played her father, he played Raul, and he's played the Phantom. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. MVP of Phantom. <laughs> he's he's great. Um so after Angel of Music, Christine goes into her dressing room and gets it's winding down for the night, and Raul comes in, and they were actually childhood friends, so they started catching up. Um and Christine tells him, like, hey, the angel of music visited me. Like, he's here. <laughs> sure he did. That's cute. <laughs> now get dressed. And Let's go out to dinner. I would say Raul completely dismisses her. Uh, this is the only time Raul is problematic. Yeah, he, like, he doesn't listen to her at all. He's like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. Get, whatever. Now get dressed. You're hot. Let's go on our night of the town. I'm the man. I was like, I'm hungry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, <the man. laughs> I'm so bad, I should be in detention. 
But after Raoul leaves the room, um, the Phantom locks the door, and then this is where we first get his appearance. This is actually pretty, uh, pretty good. Like they, the, all the lights just start get blown out. Uh huh. And it just gets dark. The way the camera works, this this works. I, I know a lot of people have issues with the film, but th- you gotta say this actually works. Building up uh-huh. to what he first sings. Until then, he sings, and well, until he opens his mouth, yeah. <laughs> um, but she was late, um, Ugh. from her dressing room because he has like passageways to everywhere in the opera house, yeah. Um, so he takes her to the lair, and this is where we get our title song, which the best song in the, in the show. Yes, it's um, it's an amazing song, but they don't keep it in the same key here. I, I think it was just made to help Butler, which honestly, this is probably the best he sounds in the film. I'm going to play devil's yeah. advocate here and not really rag on Butler as much because, I mean, the man had no experience. Absolutely no before he I say he had he didn't have training to sing for this role. He gives it. He does his best. He does his best. I will say, out of the, the quote-unquote camp I've made with him, Russell Crowe, Pierce Brosnan, and Emma Watson, he's by far the best out of all of them. But that's not saying much. As I said it's not saying much. They're all bad. <laughs> he has like a half octave where he sounds really good, but the Phantom is a four arc octave part. Uh-huh. And there are times where he, he hits the to. notes. There are times where Butler does hit notes. He does. Yes. But most of the time he doesn't. Like, you have to have the vocal range in order to play this role. <sighs> or else it's not going to work. But also, I think it's just a problem the, the, the film has suffered from. I, I think Weber really pushed for Butler in the role. Like, why? Like, is my question. It should have been Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, God, no. Why is Tom Cruise not in this movie? Why would fit in that mask, Annalise? Why is Tom Cruise not in this movie? <laughs> it, it should have been Paul McCartney. Oh, God. Could, Could you, you imagine how that would have went? Uh, Christine, you know, you're hitting your ooby dooby doos and sort of a ooby dooby doobies. You gotta go, ooby dooby dooby and ooby dooby doobies. Yeah, let me sing you a song that runs with John. We're in Paris. <laughs> We're in Paris. Yeah, but Angel, why are we? Why are you conducting me th- in the sewers? Well, I mean, it's no, not much different than Liverpool. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I mean, it probably go something like that. Why am I riding a horse in a sewer? Yeah, why is there... Okay, I actually have a theory why the horse is there. Why is the horse there? It's clear when the the song's over and you see Meg sneaking around for some reason. Yeah. And she goes through the the quote-unquote looking glass. It's nothing like how it was when Christine and him are doing the song. There's no... John Cocteau hands holding candles. Right. It's... Dark, it's grimy. So I'm like, so was that all in her head, including the horse? Oh. Which, I mean, it doesn't make sense why it it would be in her head. Maybe he drugged her. 
I mean, it's very well possible. I mean, isn't there? I, I mean, think there's like smoke or something, right? Or it could have been in the, the door. Or it could have been in the flower that he sent her because he sends her that it's, single it's, rose. It's there where hostel, which opens a whole other can of worms, but we're not going to go there. But I mean, right. that's my theory. It, it has to be some sort of drug because it doesn't look like that. With I mean, it, it plays off with the the Phantom's an illusionist. He's a magician, right? He's a complete illusionist. I don't know. No, that, it's, it's very interesting. I, I maybe they didn't think that thorough, and I'm just overthinking it. Maybe, but I mean, it's also very interesting to think about. But I do like how in the song, number Christine and Phantom are gently walking, like he's gently walking her to his lair. Whereas I've seen productions where he is dragging her. I would say a lot of the time he's dragging her. Yeah. So I, I did like that. It kind of just shows like, oh yeah, I'm in control. I'm the pimp here. Let's go. Because uh, <laughs> that, well, that's what the Phantom is supposed to be. He's supposed to be this controlling type of, like, oh, he, he, he he's an abuser. Yeah. He's very controlling and emotionally manipulative. Hell, it, even go plays into the next song where he's just talking about yo surrender yourself to me come on like yeah music of the I'm night so, yeah. i'm so soft and sexy <laughs> this is sweet seduction he, it, it's he's he's reclaiming control because after raul leaves he's just he's all pissed off like yo what the fuck this other dude sharing in my trunk this is i did this and she's like placating him, like trying to calm him down. Right. She's like, no, it, no, no, no. Like, that's not what's happening. Like, you're good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's how it, it, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, any male attention that and she he, gets, he just flies off the rails. It's, it's, it's a very controlling relationship. Yes. But also, and from from this perspective now, he's been like her mentor for years now. Yeah. So she's gonna give him that control and try to appease him well, yeah. before well, she's she just, tries to appease Raoul. Well, she's just a naive child that actually believes this is the angel my father promised would sent me. Yes. And he's he's like this he's, is the last. He, this is the lasting thing that I have of my father. Yeah, and he he latched onto that. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna use this. I will use this to my advantage." Oh, absolutely, he does. Yep. Um. So after music of the night, um, she, the Phantom shows her this mannequin. In a in a wedding dress that he made. Oh, that's He has like a diorama of her. It, and it's a shrine. It, yes, like it's her complete likeness, and it's well, just, like, why would you show her that? Interesting enough, the and she passes it? out. That's actually Emmy Rossum as the mannequin. Really? Yeah, they like. I guess they couldn't get anything to look quite like her so she's like listen I'll just play the mannequin and they just and they pretty much did doll makeup on her and she had to stand like super still to do it it, it looks like a mannequin props to props to her she she did it very well makeup. I mean we'll get into what yeah, props the makeup to her props to makeup. yeah we'll get into how the makeup fails later 
Yeah. Um, but after seeing this, she faints and she sleeps in the phantom's lair. Um, and now everybody in the opera house is like, Christina's missing! So. Yeah. And then the next, so once Christine wakes up, um, she see she's looking at him and he's just so engorged like in his music and composing just uh, he's like oh wow like he's extremely passionate about this are we not gonna talk about how they pretty much try to make her look sexy this 17 year old 16 year old girl she's like pretty much in lingerie yeah it's a little weird choice i mean because in the show it's she's pretty much still almost she has a robe on but it's still her costume from the opera underneath that right um, I don't know. I mean, like, those were her her underclothes and stuff. So, like, her corset, her her stockings. And, like, these were things that were under women's clothes. Well, yeah, but, I mean, this is, in the movie, it, it looks more like lingerie. Right. They should it's have just probably... A, it's just a weird choice they made. Like, if you want her to look sexy, don't cast a 16-year-old child. Right. Because Emmy Rossum was literally 16. Literally. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a little... Mm. A little much. A little much uh-huh. For my liking. Yeah. Um, so, she sees that he's composing and playing his music. So she goes over to him. And she touches the unmasked side of his face and you just see him like lean into her touch. Like this is the first piece of probably physical gentle contact that he's ever gotten. Oh, absolutely. Well, it is a weird choice, but in the stage show it's and in other movies, it's she's always just kind of snuck up on him and did this. And this Butler clearly sees her coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in, in the stage show, not that it is playful, but I've seen a lot of Christine's act this out as it's like a playful move. Like, she's reaching for it, and she's, like, jumping. But she, um, it's clearly just a point so she can see what's under that damn mask. Right, like, she wants to see what's under the mask. Um, so Christine takes off the mask, and he freaks out. Um... And he starts like screaming at her, and he's like, "And this is what oh. Butler triumphs because Lois face who could scream like George Butler." I'm expecting he her him, not her, him yeah. to literally kick her down in a hole and say, "This is Sparta." At any, any moment. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, but um, I, I want to bring something up. Also, we forgot to mention when we were yeah. talking when when you when he was singing music of the night. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Him and Rossum have no sexual chemistry. No, there's no- Which is good, because, I mean, she is yeah, 16, I mean, that, 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 and Butler is not a pervert. That's good. Um, good for you, Gerard, because you don't buy- I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Yeah. I, I don't buy the, her, him longing for her. Right. As um, you get on in the sh- stage show. Like, whenever he's super close, Butler looks so uncomfortable. Rosam's trying to fake it till 
fake it as best she can, but Butler's like, uh, um, uh, yeah. Let's say they're trying to act. Um, uh, no, I don't want to go there. Yeah, but um, get more into it later. There is more chemistry near the end. Um, and like I said, I'll get into that later. Um, but there is more chemistry towards the end. Yeah. Um, so after he freaks out, they kind of he he starts like being more gentle towards her, and they are kind of okay. Yeah, because he's like, "Oh, I had my freak out, got hurt," and he's, like, he's playing bad guy. He's playing bad boy syndrome. He's to her. Yeah. Shows her the charming side, but then has to show the darkness. And then, oh, got to make sure she thinks the good is still what I really am. Whereas, typically in Bad Drake's Hamill, the toxic bad is usually what will always be the forefront of the person. Right. Um, Though it's so clear he... Rossum isn't terrified of the face. She is freaked out by the anger. Right. The, it's the reaction. Yeah. That's and that, that's actually really good because some Christines have have been just terrified of the face, nothing more. Right. Where right. she plays it as like, no, like the face isn't what's freaking me out here. It's you. Yeah. And and the the veil and the illusion of what the Phantom's trying to say is starting to crumble now. Yes. He's not her perfect angel anymore. Yeah, I, I really I I like that choice. Mm-hmm. So she gives him back the mask and he returns her to the theater of unharmed, of course. Oh, absolutely. Um, but he then sends a note to Andre and Fairman, like make her the lead in Il Muto, the new opera that they're going to be doing. I swear, if this had been modern time, if he sent this many texts as he does notes, he would ruin an otherwise sensible data plan. Yeah. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> but they choose Carlotta instead. and Which oh, I don't oh, get. I'm, I'm sorry oh, for interrupting. I have... There's a note here. I have a note. Wait, what? I've gotten a note. It says, you will oh. review Showgirls or else. Dot, dot, dot. Is it from The Phantom? It has to be. Who else would it be? Oh, dear God. It's, it's happening. Who signed it? Just says dash P. Oh, my God. What do I do? What do I do with this? Uh, um, does it ha- do we have to review it after this? Uh, c- can we just put it on the back burner? I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to take it easy after the musical march in this a little bit. I'm not saying we won't review it. We'll, we'll review it at some point. Maybe soon. I don't know. All right, nothing's happening. Hey, okay, okay. I think, I think we're, we're good. good. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right, Annalise. What was Okay, what was I saying? Um, oh, I remember. I remember. So, in this scene, mm-hmm. they clearly show the public still wants, or is going for Christine. Yes. Like and the so, the line wants- where they say, your public needs you, 
It's like, no, they no, don't. It doesn't. That doesn't work. Because in the show, it the, she just barges in, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, wait, 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 wait. And then they say, look, your public needs you. We don't get the audience reactions. Right. To Christine. You never do. So you don't really. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much say, yo, you were a success. But when they couldn't fire, like, oh, well, we still got Carlotta. It's like nobody wants Carlotta. No one. No one? So why I just it doesn't excuse me, it doesn't make sense in the movie when the audience is screaming for Christine. Exactly. And they do this weird thing where it shows like everyone in the opera house doesn't like Carlotta and they're trying to do like the trying to do like social statuses. It's very weird. I feel like they're trying to do what Titanic did, where it shows like the first class ticketers are kind of boring and whatnot, and then you go to the third <laughs> class party and they're all dancing, drinking, smoking, having a good time. I feel like they're trying to rip that off. Yeah, probably. I mean, it just—I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't quite work. At least I don't think. Because I, I don't care about any of that. I want to see what the Phantom is going to do next. Or how Christine is going to deal with this. I don't care about the social classes of any of this, honestly. So it kind of just falls out of place for me at that point. <sighs> but it, they it still, does. It, yeah. I do like how in Prima Donna they all have to take a breath at the end. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a really long good. Song, but again, when you when everyone's singing and you see Madame Giri and Meg walking with Christine in the background, just looking like mm. she just, just plays it as this. Like, get this girl a Xanax. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, at first I thought she was just I don't. I thought she was upset because she had to leave, not that he scared her. So that that was the way I interpreted it. No, Chris, she's definitely scared of what yeah. the Phantom can do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I realize I that that's now. why she's looking sad as they're walking. And also, I need to bring up Madame Jerry in this. I'm just okay. going to do it now. Okay. She is complying in all this. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's... Whereas in the show, it, it feels like... She, she kind of knows, but doesn't. I don't like, know. Cause she's I like, listen, like... I know a little bit, but I'm like, I'm just keeping my nose out. I'm not. Uh, nope. In right. This, I don't, she literally, I don't know. She literally sees him lock the door. She sees everything the Phantom's doing. Yes. And she does nothing. Yes. Yeah, and it also seems like she's the one that brings Christine down to the chapel where the Phantom first interacts with her. So it's almost like she's sacrificing her. Well, surrogate daughter to this guy, to this creep, just to right. so the opera house is okay. It's almost I sacrificial. If, I don't know if it was that so much as like giving her a place of sanctuary where she can grieve. I mean, you can definitely make that argument. Absolutely, that that's just kind of how it rubs off to me. Yeah. Um. So they still keep Carlotta. Despite the notes that the Phantom is sending them. Um, and 
so the phantom was like, oh, you're you're not going to listen to me? Okay. All right. I'm going to sabotage this performance. Um, so he switches Carlotta's throat spray, which makes her sing out of tune when she tries to reach high notes. Which, I mean, um, make, I mean I'm glad we know why she starts croaking like a frog, whereas the show, she just does it. Right. Like, they don't show, like, they don't give an explanation, really. Um, yeah. You just hear yeah, him so, laughing uh, no, some, afterwards. Some reviewer has said, like, we don't need to see that. We don't need to see that. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you kind of with this one, you kind of do need to see. I say with this one, you kind of do. And then, um, he decides to kill Joseph Bouquet for no reason, no reason in this one. Whereas in the sh- stage show, you can you can maybe see like it was a fight, like he, Bouquet caught him, and he's like, "Well, now I gotta kill you because you can say you're a witness." Whereas it's, it's, or you could argue like, yeah, he probably did just blatantly kill him. We we don't know. We don't know. And this, it's a blatant murder. Mm-hmm. So, um, sorry, what was I saying? So, because, and it's in the middle of a ballet portion of the show that Bouquet is hanged in front of the entire audience. It's a- it's um, also one of Butler's good scenes in the film where he just, his voice just booms. Yes. And he, yes. When he threatens them. Now, I wish the chandelier would have shaken, like, in the show. I say, because it didn't, it doesn't come down yet. We'll get to that. Uh, um. So... Christine and Raoul decide that this is a perfect time to go up to the roof and tell each other that they love him. I and love first, you. Someone just died, but I love you. Okay, hear me out on this. Number one, why would they go to the roof? They know Phantom works. She knows the Phantom works everywhere in this opera house. Why would she just leave the building? I don't know. If you're that terrified, she's you like, we'll be safe up there. We'll be safe up there. No, you have nowhere know. to go. You can go nowhere safe in this opera house unless you leave. Now, what I will say about this scene is it is a, it is a direct counterpoint to music of the night. Whereas all I ask you, it's Ralph saying, you know, I'll protect you. You and me will walk hand in hand together. It's, it's, we're together in this. It's a partnership. Whereas the Phantom, it's soul control. Mm-hmm. And I really did not realize that until recent viewings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, I, I, you can, and he's talk, He's talking daylight. Phantoms talking about night. What would you think is more appealing? Nighttime. You're weird, and we'll get to that. I'm <laughs> going with the guy who's saying, "Yo, you'll be safe. Like I'm not gonna let anything happen to you. Like no more talk of this darkness. Like daylight, bring you in." All Raul is saying is positive stuff. Like, so if I was a female, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going with the guy who's talking about good things. And I have an equal partnership with this guy. And this guy's just trying to control me. (laughs) But then again, Um, that's me. There are, there are so many people and I guess more women in general. And I see it all over TikTok and just the internet. Um, who want who root for the phantom oh are we getting into this now 
I mean, we can get into it later, but um, I, I don't understand. Like, do they watch the show? The show blatantly yes. says, "No, you're not supposed to root for the Phantom. You're supposed to pity him, absolutely, but you are not supposed to root for him." They make it a point to say, "This guy is not okay. This is right. not okay." But people love a broken man, which is a very. T- Toxic trade, first of all, that you all need to it wake is, up. You all need to wake up because it's never going to bring you any happiness. I'm sorry. Okay, that, that's disrespectful. We, that's a little too serious for this right oh, now. A little bit, but I'm, they miss the people who do. It's like you're missing the point. I don't think. Be, well, and not that I'm the same way, but I, and I am an avid. Um, Phantom, I I root for the Phantom because I just it, I personally don't like Rao, but that's okay. I I root for him because I think he's a very compelling character. But I also acknowledge the fact that he is a toxic character and manipulative, and just I know everything that's wrong with him. And I think a lot of people oh. are the same way. If that's the case, then that's I guess fine. But I mean, you have. To- I won't argue he doesn't have a complete character arc, because he does. Right. Throughout most of this, this whole show, he just doesn't... He's lusting after Christine. He doesn't actually love her. Mm. Yet. Yet. He doesn't okay. understand what love is. He just sees her as sex, pretty much. Mm, Human, no. Like, no, I don't agree with it. that. No, I don't agree with that. You don't? No. Because it's not about that for him. It's not about sex or, or how it's the way a big she thing. looks. It's not though. That's not what it is. He loves Christine at first because of how she sings. He, she is his muse. Like she is his reason to create music. He makes his music specifically for her to sing. But he doesn't not... understand what love is. Because okay. literally in the next scene, he's like, you betrayed me. You went off with this guy. True love is, yeah, I love her, but I do want her to be happy. Where he's just like, no, you need to be mine. Mine, 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 mine. It's, a, it's like a kid with a toy. And that's how the Phantom pretty much views people until the end. They're just playthings to him because he's never truly understood actual human companionship and actual he, love which he i mean, also wasn't given that either absolutely but I, I absolutely don't, i'm not just dis- i'm not disagreeing with you on that no i know i just i don't think that's what it is for christine because it's def- no it's 100 not with christine yeah christine she was kind of into it at first like okay like but then when the truth Self of the Phantom, because it's like, no, no, no. But it's not a sexual type of thing, is my It's not for her anymore. I don't think it really ever was for her. I'm not talking about for her. I'm talking about for him. It wasn't, it was never, oh no, you're fine. It was never, and of course, yes, he wanted to control her and he made that mannequin of her. and, And I'm sure, like, he, he wanted to be with her in that way, yes, but initially and and the way that he goes about it, it's not for a sexual thing. I think it's trying to lead up to that. It's definitely leading up to that, and does he use that kind of? Yes, 
but I want to like I think starting out it was not like that. Maybe when she was the kid, I'll give you that. But I mean, he he lust after her. Like there's, it's not love. This he, he like, does love her. No, because I I'm I am making the argument that he does love her, and that's a lot of why he does this. Does he want to possess her and control her? Yes, but I do believe that he does love her. Yeah, but loving someone is you want them to be happy no matter what, even if that's it's not, not with you. For, that's not the case for everybody. Everybody loves in a different way. And is that I, I healthy? Understand no, that. absolutely not. No. It's more, it's more of a possessive. So what I'm, what I'm trying to fi- say it, I guess with fandom, it's more of a possessive love. It's not genuine. Right. Until the know, end. Until the end, Absolutely. I, can, I, I don't know okay. if that's the correct terminology. He, it's, it's definitely possessive. It's possessive love and lust for him. And he, yeah. he can't separate those. Right. I think that's a better way of saying it. Because, I, like I said, I do think he does love her throughout the entire thing. But um, he can't separate the lust and the control and the actual love until the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have much more to say on the matter. Yeah, it's definitely not a. You're, you're glad the Phantom learns. However, everything he does is you shouldn't root for him and Christine to get together at the end. Mm. That's not what the story's about. Hmm. Either way, so, yeah. um, so the Phantom hears Raoul and Christine. Declare their love for each other, and he vows revenge. Uh, yeah, um, that's, that's love, sure. <laughs> I love uh, it, but you know what? Fuck you! You don't love me that? He's heartbroken. Um, I mean, there is a thin line between love and hate, let's be honest. Yes. Um, so it's a few months later. Um, there's a masquerade ball. Masquerade! And this oh. is really, really lame. Masquerade. Hide your faces with shame. It's my least favorite song. They vogue in this. The, the, the masquerade looks so bad in this. Well, it's so it's, bland. In the in the stage show, it's it's fun, but either way, like it's I just this is not. Awesome. I don't like this song. I don't know. I agree it's with ne- you. It's never been my favorite. This should be like a very colorful scene, but it's not. It, it's- it, it is in the stage show. Hmm. Um, like everyone's dressed in white, black, or piss yellow. It seems like. <laughs> um, I mean, Chris, and, and even Christine's outfit is kind of a generic old dress like that. Well, she's in pink. Yeah, and she's supposed to stick out, of course. Yeah, but um. But then the organ music must be the Phantom, yo. Yeah, he he shows up and in the he... worst Red Death costume. Ever. Yeah, it's supposed to be this elaborate skeleton like It looks in, like Zoro the gay blade. <laughs> in um in the stage show, it's the it's really cool and he has like this entire red costume, a skeleton mask, like it's, I never it's understood really how those, cool. How does what? it make the mouth move? It, those kind of masks. I don't understand how those work. It's it's puppetry. Is it? I believe so. 
I thought it was like a mask you wear and it'll, it'll move with your mouth. I don't... I don't fully know, but I mean, either way, like, it's still technically puppetry, even if he is controlling it with his mouth. Well, originally how Prince wanted it to, like, him to, like, shoot up in the air and the clothes just, just like, go down and really he was never there, giving that illusion. But that oh, was that too elaborate. Cool. It would have been cool, but too elaborate. Yeah. It wouldn't have, I, I don't think it would have been. This is another scene place. where Butler actually sounds decent. Yes, and I actually I really want to talk about this. Um, so he brings he brings in his new show, his new opera, Don Juan Triumphant. Oh, I thought um, it was called it, Love Never Dives. Ha! Um, boom, boom. Yeah, but he he brings it in is like this is the one you're performing next. Um, and he and Christine are like pulled together. And I, I re- actually really like that. Like, they are, like, magnets, and they're just coming together. Well, it just um, shows he still has some control on her. Yes. Um, but she sees... So she's wearing her... Her and Raoul are engaged. Yeah, it's been, um, like, six months since... Well, in the show... It's been three months. Oh, okay. In the movie, it's three months. I don't know. I forgot sh- how long it is in the show. Anyway, at that point, like... The chandelier had already come down. It even brings it up. That's why they had they all had to take a break. Right, like masquerade is after the intermission in the stage show. So, how do you feel? Uh, we're just going to get into chandelier talk now. Do you think it works as the end piece or no? I don't. I don't. I I'm still bringing something up. Oh, okay, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize you were. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, so they're pulled together, and the phantom sees. Christine's ring on her necklace. And I really like um they don't really they don't do this in the stage show. Um but he rips it off and he said your chains are still mine, you belong to me. No, they do in the show, but he says your chains are still mine, you will sing for me. I don't think he rips it off. I don't know if he rips it off, but I, he says oh something, something. and I do think that you belong to me is sounds better. Yes, it, it kind of just shows like it just kind of emphasizes the fact like the Phantom want, still wants to possess her, right? And that's that's and what I really like. And yeah. but they no, they don't do the ring in. I don't think they did the ring necklace in the show because I mean you can't see it. Uh, maybe he just he sees Raúl with her because Raúl is there at that point in the show, and he yes. says like, "No, don't go over there, like don't." But I mean. Phantom still has this control, has some control on her, so she does, and he's pissed off that she's still with Raul, so he says the line, then dips. Yeah, so I just, I really like that they changed it a little bit where he, he rips off the necklace, is like, you belong to me. And then he disappears. Yeah. I also, <laughs> when I first ever watched this movie, during this scene, Raul runs away. Yeah, and he I was like, to get a sword. Yes, he leaves to get a sword, but I didn't realize that at the time. So when I first watched it, I was like, where the fuck is he going? <laughs> like, nope, too rich for my blood. I'm out. Yeah. Like, um, they chuck. Let's be honest, Patrick Wilson isn't the most physically intimidating person. No, definitely. So I feel not. like they had to compromise it by making him a competent sword fighter. And so he's always got a sword when he's ready to be tough and manly. Uh, yeah. And it's no offense on Patrick Wilson. No, definitely not. 
I loved him in Aquaman and and uh, Watchmen. Was he in that? In Watchmen or Aquaman? Because he was in both. Oh, I mean, I haven't seen either of them. So okay. <laughs> um. So, Madame Jerry, when so Ral is about to go after the Phantom, but Madame Jerry's like, "No, don't do it. Like, you'll be killed." <laughs> yeah, we had this weird mirror maze scene. Yeah, it's it's weird. I think that was also in the book, though. Like the, with the horse and whatnot, that was in the book. Yeah, I mean, like I there haven't... are moments of the film where they're trying to pay homage to the book, right? And I mean, it's a it's a nice thought, um, but but you relative... can't you can't put in a lot of homages to the book when most of your audience probably has not read the book. I should have put homages to Phantom of the Paradise. Oh god, Paul Williams should have been the conductor. I'm just saying. Paul, I love Paul Williams. <laughs> or just have him just playing the piano somewhere in the background. Yes, that would. I think that would have been. Cool. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have him play. Um, get a little, get, get a, have, have a little swan on the piano as like a ah uh, ah. Uh, see what we did there. Yeah. Right. Um. And so, Madame Giri takes Raul away and explains like this is how he grew up like this is what happened to him he was a circus boy um, he was put his in backstory yeah he was a circus boy who um who he was born deformed um and he was put at a freak show and um he was abused by the the freak show owner and just by everybody around him yes and so he, he kills he kills the guy who was whipping him and Madame Jerry right. takes him. Yep. And hides him in the opera house. How do you feel about th- this giving him an origin story? Um I mean Do you think it's necessary or do we not need this at all? I think I don't know, I'm kind of in the middle because I do want to know like why he is the way he is, but also it takes away the mystery of the entire thing. I'm same boat with you, but it also de- clearly as I said makes Madame Jerry very compliant in all of this. Yes. Completely. Whereas in the stage show, again, you can argue she is but she isn't, stuff like uh-huh. that. But here she she's clearly involved. Mhm. Um, so the next day, Christine decides she's going to go visit her father's tomb. And, of course, the Phantom is there. This might be my second favorite song, Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again. Oh, I love Wandering Child. I also have a Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again. That is a really good song. I love that song, And I just want to give a shout-out to the touring company that you and I saw. The actress who played Christine, she nailed it. Yes, she did really good. I can't remember. Hang on, I'm looking her up now. Um, but but you keep going. I'll I'll bring her name up. Just keep going. No, you're fine. You're fine. We get wishing you. We get wishing you were somehow here again, which is a great song. And then we also found her name. What's her name? Ava Tavares, or I think I'm pronouncing your name right. Anyway, I just want to give you a quick shout out. You are phenomenal as Christine. Yes, she was, she you was are, really you good. You were probably my favorite Christine. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. She was very good. 
Um, Follow so her on get, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we got we have wishing in this sequence, and we also have um, wondering child, which I really like. Um, uh, it's not that good in this. I wasn't saying in this. I was just saying. Oh. In <laughs> but I mean, it, I was I was watching the scene multiple versions. It really doesn't make sense because she knows what he is, but I, she's like giving herself back into him. Like she's re-falling for the trap. Well, that that's exactly the point. She's falling I mean, for it again. In this, it kind of makes sense because she is a 16-year-old child, but I mean, in the show, you are a clear adult. You should know better than this. Like, what are you doing, girl? It's it's the manipulation. It's it's everything Not, that she has grown with. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. It's just like, oh, come on, really? You know what this guy is? You know he's a freaking psychopath. Well, I I don't know because she knows that. I think she's just so much in denial at this point. She she's in denial. She doesn't want to believe that he is doing this. And there is a part of her that does love him. And I will argue this till the day that I die. She does love him. It's romantic love, though. Mm. I wouldn't say it's a romantic love. You can love someone and not and, and not be romantic. Well, yes, obviously. But I don't think that's the case here. I think she, at, by this point, it's more of a fatherly type of love she feels like because she does believe this thing is like this she wants to believe that this is the thing her father sent her she so desperately wants to believe it yes but that's, i mean that's I, how i view it personally. yeah i i get that but i don't i think, I think she i think there is a part of her that is in love with him I, I I disagree with you of the, of the romantic in love part, but that's just me. I, maybe it could have been had he not shown his true colors. Like once when you get to the title song, yeah, and music of the night. Oh yeah, it could have easily have been romantic feelings. I don't because it's I don't like I understand your argument, I, but at the same time, I don't because of what everything that happens at the end. I think it's more just a matter of interpretation at this point. I guess so. Um, but of course, Rao comes in and he intenes and doesn't. And oh, this is so. Oh, so lame. They so have a lame. sword fight. They duel. <laughs> it's so dumb. I mean, I wouldn't doubt he would know how to fence. I mean, because he is a genius. But he's not supposed. That's not, the Phantom isn't supposed to be physically and sporty attractive he's mentally his 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 attractive comes from his passion mm -hmm. as i've heard from the behind of the show that's that's why a lot of people find him attractive is he's so passionate it's through his art and this just is just dumb it's dumb why is this in here yeah, I tell don't me know. why, Annalise. I don't know. I I don't have an answer for it's, you. It's like Schumacher and Weber want to come across because they they got Gerard Butler, so they really they want the fan to be outwardly sexy. So like, but they also want Raul to be sexy. So like, um, sort of. Joel, Joel Schumacher produced this film, by the way. Well, this 
here's the problem with this film. I guess we'll get into that now. This was not a studio film. This was literally run by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Schumacher. Uh huh. So the film had its own phantom. It was Webber. He was way <laughs> too attached to this. Well, I mean, it, he created it. He has the right to be attached absolutely, to it. Absolutely, but I mean, you don't know how film works. And a lot of people blame Schumacher. Listen, we all know he made Batman and Robin, but he made competent films. Schumacher is not of someone who's going to fight for artistic vision. He is a yes man. He'll just like, okay, whatever you want. He's too nice of a person. That was Schumacher's downfall. <laughs> He's too nice. He's like, okay, whatever you want. Like, yeah, let's do it. They, and they've both been working on this for years, since the late 80s. They wanted to do this film. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was literally Weber's passion, but Weber doesn't know film. You can't. You can't. I'm trying to think of the words here. He was t- he was too much in control of this. You you need someone to say, hey, no, that doesn't work. Maybe we should try it this way. And maybe like with the help of the studio of a studio, it would have gone better. Yes, thank you. Um, the, he so- had, Weber had no one telling him no, and sometimes it's a matter of what happened with George Lucas, or even the. Oh, new Star Wars films. You had no one telling someone no. You this that, that doesn't work. You had too many yes men, and huh. that's why the prequels turned out the way they did. I love the prequels, but I'm gonna. I see what they are. <laughs> and um, fuck the sequels. They suck. But we're not talking about those films yet. Uh, I, so, I just wanted to use that as an example. Uh, <laughs> So at this point, Raul is fed up. He's like, okay, no, like this ends, like this is done. <laughs> um, but and at least they had him. They fucking had him. The Phantom then, loses that fight, and she's like, no, not like this. Yeah. And they just run away, like, no, 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 exactly like this. Slice. Done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. They wrote they they put themselves in a corner. I listen. She loves him. I'm telling you, that's why. No, but like they had a way to like end the whole by adding this sword fight and having Raul win. You you compromise the story where it's like the Phantoms like shooting fireballs in the stage. There's really nothing they can do. So they're like, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, but you I'm saying... You walked yourselves into a corner here. Yeah. But either way, excuse me, either way, they may, they set up a plan. They're going to perform um, Don Juan Triumphant. Um, so they put that on, and they put Christine in the lead, of course. Um, but during the performance, um, the Phantom murders Pianji, which is Carlotta's husband. He was an um, innocent in all this. He was. He was innocent. Um, I don't think he, that's Pianji. <laughs> I don't think that's Pianji okay, at all. Audience, that's a running joke between me and Annalise. We went to the tour here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was, the guy who was playing our Phantom was distractingly tall. Yes, he was very tall. No offense to you. You're like, man, you, you did your thing. I mean, you did good. 
And the man who played Pianji was, I mean, the relatively men who, shorter. I say the the men who usually play Pianji are pretty are either average height or a little short and and bigger. Yeah. So when this phantom shows up for a point in our turn, it was distractingly obvious. Like in the terms of the show, I don't know how anyone could think that was Pianji. Yeah. So me and Anthony just turned to each other. We're like. I don't think that's Pianji. Because in the show, you're meant no, he's just flying in a robe during this song. He's, right. He can, it's so it's it's a disguise. He's disguising himself, so everyone thinks, oh, that's still Pianji. In the movie, however, gotta, gotta make it sexy. So sexy. It has to be. We have to actually see Butler and Rossum, the sixteen-year-old child. But uh, Butler's in this like skin tight leather outfit. Rossum's in like this sexy Spanish dress with flamingo dancers added. Don't know why the flamingo dancers are there. I don't know. But this she, is the she point. She gives Butler this look like, ooh, come and get it, big boy. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, well, and this is the part that I was talking about earlier where a lot of people online are talking about how they have a lot of chemistry. And I will say, like, it is a. I, I like I kind of agree with them because I'm like okay this is this is a pretty like I, I, Butler still looks a little uncomfortable doing it's like uh where oh, yeah, how do I course. do this like this is uh where, where what am I supposed to touch here right well and I want to make inches that- away from bad touch well I'm I want to make the point that he actually doesn't touch her in this scene when he is like holding her. She's hold. Uh, he's holding her hands, so he's not actually touching her body. Besides from her hands, I never noticed that. I was on the music of the night where he's like, uh, "One small movement, I'm bad touch territory." Yeah, but I, but I also I does he really not? He does not. He he like has his hand on her. Or well, I know he has his hands on her hands, but I can't remember if it's actually him who has. I wonder his... if that was a choice. Like, listen, this is a very well, I th- sexual I think, scene. I think, I think it was a choice, but it was also, I think it also displays that more control again. Like, he, it's control over her. You know, it's very well possible. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like give you an olive branch, but you're not getting the whole thing. You're gonna want yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I don't know. I don't like that in this, Ralph starts crying. Um, yeah, that's a weird choice. It's like you. It's like, do you really believe she's plan. into this? Right. Like this was your plan, number it's one. It's like he's afraid she actually is going to run off with him or something. Like, no, dude. Like you, at this point in the in the show, she, there's no way she'd ever run off with the Phantom. Right. Um. And and yeah, exactly. Like. But I think it is a fear in the back of his mind, you know? I mean, it has to be. Let's be honest. It has to be. Yeah. Um. So during this, she unmasks him again in front of everybody. And he goes. Well, that's what it's always been. She's, she's been playing along during. She's already made up her mind. She's not into this. She's not okay with this. She may not want to do this, but she has to. She has to end this somehow. Right, it is something that she has so to she do. So li- it's literally, she's playing with him also. It's a game yes. of chess, this past the n- point of no return. is. It's, it's a literal game of chess. Like, all right, so I got to get him into thinking I'm still his pawn. So right. I can expose him. Yes. It, 
brilliant. It's a brilliant to see on stage. But then I, it also made me, it, it, this whole thing, it makes me sad because when she unmasks him, he starts singing all I ask of you to her. Well, and then is that's when she unmasks him. Well, yeah, she he she removes his hood at first, and then he sings all. It's really just a fuck with Ral. It's like, yeah, fuck you, motherfucker. I'll yes. sing your song, and then she'll end up with me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also it's a revenge thing, but it's also kind of him proclaiming his love as well. Yeah. Um. It, so it 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 just it makes me a little sad. But either way, he he abducts her again, and they're in the lair. It's weird in this. They literally fall, I would say, 10 feet. Yeah. In the like, no. show, he just kind of drags her off to one of his convenient spots where he knows, because he knows the opera house. So he probably has like trap doors or a trap door somewhere. I say he has passageways everywhere. Yeah. Where in this is like, there's this, this giant hole and he, this causes the chandelier to drop. This is where the, the famous chandelier drop. And literally, Burns down the opera house, his home, her home, and oh my god! I just realized something. What? He stalks her. He manipulates her. He's burned her house down. Oh my the god! The Phantom is David from Endless Love. Oh my god! What the hell? <laughs> god. There's there's something with the father in both of them. Oh my god. Oh my oh my god. David. Well technically that came out before the musical did. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. Andrew Lloyd Webber stole endless love. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he, the, the, how do you feel that, about the chandelier being safe for the end rather than the middle end of the first half? I don't know. I think it kind of works in both because in the stage show it allows for the intermission. Oh, it's um, a great way to end your show. It's like, what the hell? What happens next? It's a, it's a great set piece. Yes, but also it provides a really cool climax for the end of the movie. It does, because by that point, it, and it also gives the cops and the patrons of the opera to fucking like find valid re- valid reasons. Perform to... the mob. Yeah, it gives yeah. them more of a valid Where in the show, he just kind of drags Christine off and then they form a mob for some reason. Which right. I mean, they, they have a good reason in the show, also. Oh yes, but, but this would um, this would probably be the push that would say, "Yeah, let's go after this fucker." Yes. So the mob forms, and Madame Giri is leading Raoul down to the lair to um, go rescue Christine. And for some reason, Meg is also leading the mob. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Why? Like. I don't know. Does she do? I mean, I know she shows up at the end like she does in this, but is she leading the mob also in the play? Um, I can't remember, honestly. Well, here's the thing. In the show, in the stage show, she just wanted them. I mean, you hear the mob singing in the background as he's telling them to leave and whatnot. 
And then he does his final thing, and then only Meg shows up. So I'm like, does Meg know where he is? Uh, maybe her mother showed her. It, it's very well possible, but it it does kind of give more of a hint, like why is Meg down there with with her with the mob? Right. I don't know. I think it makes more a little more sense that she that she's with the mob. Hmm. So. Now they're down to the lair. Um, the Phantom has forced Christine to put on her wedding dress and is like, you will marry me or... Um, you really have no choice. You're not going anywhere. I say, you have no choice. You will marry me. And he forces a ring on her finger. Is it the ring he stole from her? I don't know. I think it is. It might be. Um, but then, then Ralph shows then, up. Yes. Um, but she she tries to reason with him and tell him like I only feared what you do, not the what face you isn't like. what turned me away from you. It's you. Yes. And honestly, had Ralph not job, I think she might have gotten through to him. Yeah. And then Ralph shows up, and Phantom, and he's just like, "Well, double down." Yeah, it's like you either marry me or he dies. I, okay, I'm gonna be the one to defend this. Everyone's complaining, like, oh, he's just kind of strapped to a wall. I'm like, well, there's no way in film you could have Alessa hanging from nothing. Right. There is, so this is, is, I think this is, like, the only way they could do it, to have him being strangled to death. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, it looks ridiculous, but still. Yeah. So. She, Christine has to make a choice. So, trying to save Raoul while also pitying the Phantom, she kisses him. Yeah, but this is a great, I, I actually like this scene a lot in the movie and the play. It's mm-hmm. like a three way argument. Oh, yes, all of their, um, and they're it's, all it's also made, and it's also the third time Butler actually sounds decent singing, though. Maybe it's because he's being drowned out. Uh, <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but also it, it kind of also shows the fact that he has possessive love, like it's not genuine actual right. love. Whereas Raul's like, "Yo, just let me die so you can be free of this. Like, don't worry uh-huh. about me." Yeah, yeah. And at this point, he he kind of the fans have kind of learned. He's like, "I have to let her go." Yeah, so- he, he learns like, "Oh shit, this is what it actual love is." Right, so he lets them go, and the, oh her my compassion—that's what's like. What the? Oh shit! Yeah, and but and it's at this point I'm like bawling. I'm fucking crying my oh, eyes audience, out. It's me and her. Just I don't know why we watched the 25th anniversary concert. She is bawling, sobbing. I'm laughing at her. My mom comes looking and just gives me a look like, "Did you just murder her cat?" I'm like, no! Yeah, no, I, like, and it, it it's every single time, like, I can't control myself. No, you you behaved rather well when we saw it at the touring company. You, oh, I was you still crying. Were you? I didn't see you crying. I cry every time I see this. You were not sobbing like you were that day, though. No, but I cry every time I watched it. But that but was also why? the first time, but that was also the first time I had seen the 25th anniversary as well because oh, okay. because I 
I want them to be together so bad. And then he goes, when he sings, Christine, I love you. And I mean, Sierra, I Sierra Bogus in the 25th anniversary, she, she plays Christine so well. But she also, when he says this, she is like breaking down and crying as well. Like she, because she loves him. She does. And at least it doesn't matter how you portray the characters, right? Like she, I know some Christines that don't do that; they're just going straight to Raoul. Right, right, and it's it's up to it's up to actress interpretation as well as audience interpretation. But in that specific one, she's crying and sobbing when she gives the ring back and she kisses his hand. This portrayal, it's not romantic. Emmy Rossum is no, like, like no, like it's I care, complete. I'll always care for you, but it's not what you right. want it to be, right? And I think it's, it's the still... same with, I think the same with Brightman's, uh, Ava Travers's, at least the performance we saw, because I'm sure they always change it up when they perform it. Yeah. So she gives him the ring back, and she she looks at him with pity, gives him the ring yeah. back. It's love for it's pity love almost. Yeah, and they and her and Ral escape. Um, and then you hear the mob coming, so the Phantom breaks all the mirrors, somehow escapes. Yeah, the here, here's the thing with that. In the show, he goes in his chair, puts a cloak on, and he disappears. It's a magic it's trick. Cool. It's fucking cool. This is breaking mirrors and he walks through. So literally the mob can just see that. Like, oh, he went through there. Let's get him. But then Meg comes in and it's only her and she finds his mask. That's in the show. In the in the movie, they're all there. Most of the mob is not. No, it's she's the only one that goes up and goes to where those mirrors. Or wherever the mask was, they're all pretty much in the entryway. Where this like- is what this is what it says. He then escapes before the mob and the police arrive. With Meg finding only his discarded mask. I swear, they're all pretty much at. Most of them are standing around, looking around where Raul was being hanged or or straddled yeah. onto the cage. Yes, but the final thing is yes. always just Meg. Yes, that's what I was saying. Yes, but they're all pretty much there but she's the one that just goes further into where his den is right and then we get another and then we get at the end of the movie we get another flash forward to the present where Raoul is at his grave and he puts the music box the phantom's music box yeah the one thing christine kept mentioning to him the monkey yeah glad you like the monkey christine yeah and then you see a rose with christine's ring on it was the ring on it? I thought it was just the rose with the black. No, there's it's the ring on is on it. No, oh, the okay. ring is on it. So Phantom's still alive. He still but loves it's clear she, she But it's clear she did marry Raul. Oh yes, she she married Raul. And that's wow. let's say that's it. That was heavy. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think well, I this guess, is. Go ahead. Did you, you want to start? Like, how, what do we say about this? I mean, I guess we'll just go into final thoughts, like we usually do. I guess, but I also want to discuss what the musical means to you 
uh, with your final thoughts, if that's all right. It's what we usually do anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. So the movie was really like my first kind of introduction into Phantom of the Opera. Um, with my experience with it now, because I've seen it, I've seen it on Broadway, I've seen it on tour, and I've and I've watched other productions of it as well. Um, the movie, it just, it will never, it will never live up to what the stage show is. It completely pales in comparison. Um, I think the actors are good. They're not great. They're good. They're not great. Um, I think Emmy Rossum does a really good job, especially at 16 or 17 years old, especially with her singing. Um, but there will always be that that thought in the back of my mind whenever I watch the movie that this is not as good as how I've seen it before. And this is my what it means to me. Um, this is my favorite musical ever. And I've seen a few musicals. Um, this has always this will always be my favorite. Um I love the story. I think the characters are extremely compelling. Um, I think the love story and the romance in in it, whether whether you agree or not, whatever, and that's that's completely up to you. Um, is is great. Um, it provides complex relationships and things to think about the costume design the set design the music is it's it's all it's all amazing and i i love it anthony (laughs) oh my turn yes so i've had a pen i had my appendix taken out that's when i truly started getting into phantom because at the time i was rehearsing from into the woods which i was a production i was a part of in high school and i got into phantom i watched the movie and it it grabbed me. It certainly, you know, like, I want to look into this. This is pretty cool. Just start listening to the Broadway show and learning all I could about it. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. The movie, yes, the movie isn't good. It's, it's not a good film. It's not a good representation of what the show is. I still rather enjoy watching it. Since it's a very easy, accessible way to see the show, almost. Now, does that, does, does that, what am I trying to say here? That doesn't mean it represents what the show is, though. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Annoyed? Yes. I, I won't tell anyone not to watch it. No, I feel like no. the actors are doing their best. The, the problem is it's, I don't, I think this, this, this should have been a studio film and not a relatively independent film as it was, because Weber pretty much paid for the whole thing, and it shot kind of lame. Like, there's really no dynamic movement to when the actors are singing, except for the title song. Pretty much you'll just have them all just standing around singing. Like Yeah, there's no visual. Especially at the final layers scene. Like, if you watch it on stage, 
They're moving. I mean, Raul can't move, but Christine and the fan are moving around. She's like trying to help Raul. She's like telling the fans, like, throws her to the ground. He'll throw her to the ground or something. Like, it's it's a literal, a lot is happening. But in this, they're, everyone's just kind of standing around. And that's just a big problem with the, the movie. It's a musical number of people are just standing around. There's no direction, good direction. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. But. I, Phantom is probably one of my favorite shows, even though there's a lot of problems with it, as I pointed out. Yes. Just, and despite those problems, I lo- I like it. Like it's 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 got that gothicness to the it. It's a tragic figure, and I'm kind of a, I have a romantic side about me. What do you want from me, people? <laughs> I I don't agree with anyone who says she should end up with a Phantom. Uh, that I think you missed the point of the show. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize you for thinking that. That's what you that's what you get out of it. That's what you get out of it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. That's so, this So I before we end this, do you think this should be remade, Annalise? Um, I don't think it should be remade now. Um I think it should with with a Broadway run running. I think now is a prime time to do another movie version of it. I don't know. I just I think it's a little too fresh. Um, I think I'm really I'm really kind of on the fence about that because I think it would be cool to definitely see another adaptation of it, but also well, we're we have so many. When did when did the film come out? Um, 2004. We're almost 20 years. Yeah, 2004. It's almost been 20 years. Yeah, almost. Um, there's also a bunch of mini series of it. There's one with Charles Dance, which I know a lot of people like. Yeah, but I'm talking more of the mute, the Lord Weber musical. Well, I know, but yeah, it's like you gotta the- think. There's there's the movie. There's the 25th anniversary. There's and there was the stage show, which I'm sure they'll probably release something with that. It wouldn't shock me if they do a film version of the stage show like they did with Hamilton. It wouldn't right. shock me. Right. But I do believe that the Phantom of the Opera and the musical deserves a faithful and good overall version in film. I agree with that. No, I definitely agree with that. I just don't know if now is the right time. And And if they do it, they need to do it well. Yeah. Maybe keep Weber at arm's length. Like, definitely have him involved because this is his Yeah, no offense to Andrew at all, but I mean, like, this isn't your field. No, film is not his forte. Yeah. So I think I, I definitely think if they did a film adaptation, he should be involved. But like, give it to a studio. Yeah. Hold on. Continue. I, I'll be right back. Um. So I guess I'll go into um what I've been watching recently. Um. What have I been watching? Um, when I was home from school, I was watching the X-Men movies, um, like 
the first one, the one with like the old, like the older ones, not like they first don't one. hold up. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I got a note. You got a note. I got a note. What does it say? Well, it says, "Dear from the shelf pod, I I remain your obedient servant, but I do request that the film Showgirls be reviewed." If you ignore these demands, a disaster beyond your rec- your imagination will occur. Sign P. Oh. Again? Again. Again. He it wrote more on yours than it did on mine. For real. Listen. Okay, we're not saying we're not going to do showgirls. Maybe in a couple weeks we'll do showgirls, okay? (laughs) We just had a heavy amount of reviews we just did. We kind of want to take it easy a bit. Uh, Well, I mean, we did have a month break. We did. We did. (laughs) But, Annalise, what did you, how did you feel? How many of the X-Men films did you get through? Uh, I just got through the first two. Mm, they don't hold up. Yeah, I didn't get to the last stand yet. The X-Men is, 2 is just so boring. It, it was very boring. I mean, I like the stuff they do with Pyro and Iceman, and, but everything else is boring. Yeah. Even when that film came out, everyone was like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, this is boring. Uh, <laughs> I say, the only one I really ever remembered watching um, out of all three of them, was the third was the last stand, the third one. That's the, that feels like an X Men cartoon. And you all can come at me. Come email me at pod at yahoo dot com. Come <laughs> at me. But um, so, yeah. I also watched. Um, I also watched John Wick for the first time. Ooh, how was that? Oh, it was so good. Yes, I love those movies. The entire time with that one, that I forgot her name, that one girl, um, assassin or whatever. I was like, just kill the bitch already. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. But now, what have I been watching, you may ask? Yes. Uh, let's see. What haven't I watched? It's been a month trying to pick one that's one that comes to mind. What did you watch? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. You know what? Uh, Literally, uh, the weekend where of Easter, I rewatched Smoking the Bandit. Oh, how is that? It is definitely 70s schlock. <laughs> like, to call my uncle from Bucktooth Gremlins, that movie doesn't work without Jackie Gleason. <laughs> it doesn't. I I haven't seen that movie either. No, you came in right at the end. I say at the end. And Annalise literally is going to is that Paul Oh my gosh, yes, Paul Williams is in it, and I was so happy. Needless to say, we will be doing Smokey and the Bandit at some point. I love Paul Williams. But Annalise, I believe this week it is your turn to pick a film. I don't have one picked. 
I guess we'll just have to follow the the notes and do showgirls. You oh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna give into the demands. Listen, we have to be smart, like Lafayre. Yeah, I don't. All right. I don't want bad things to happen. All right, audience, you heard it. We are gonna be watching showgirls. Everybody got AIDS and shit. So excited! I'm so excited! I'm so God. scared! I'm so scared! Oh boy! God. If that was her trying to be dramatic for an episode, how is she gonna be in this movie? Probably really bad. Oh God! I'm All not right. looking forward to this. I'm not looking forward to this. So there you go, Phantom. We're gonna do it. We'll do it, I guess. Ugh. Well, Ugh. on that note, good night, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in with us this week. We're gonna... I know we always say this, but we're gonna try and go back to our regular schedule. Listen, um, we had a lot happen to us. I say, we have a lot going on. We so, did have a lot. Yeah, so just, just bear with us a little bit. And with that, we will see you next week with Showgirls. Goodbye, everyone. Good night.